to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I sent... I sent that first video to the Pecs. Uh, they had their their marriage Bible study in College Station. Um, We're working on my Pecs. Yeah. <laughs> Spelled differently. Oh. <laughs> uh, but they had their first Bible study with it. And they said, we had great discussion and it was super challenging to overcome our bias, which of course I think th- they expected that because yeah. they've mm-hmm. known us for a long time. And so like they expected that there would be a little bit of that challenge. And I just yeah. said, you know, I hope that as it progresses, the challenge will become less and the conversation will be more and more That's fruitful. Cool. But they said they really enjoyed it. What was the Bible study over? They they contacted me uh, at the end of the Mad summer Witch. and said that they're with their CrossFit connections and their friends. They have about six couples that are doing, they want to do a Bible study together. They're all, Dope. I think the longest that any of them has been married is four years. And there's some that have just gotten married mm-hmm. um, a few months ago. And they're uh, they're just spending some time together as couples talking about what it looks like to honor God in marriage. And so... The first week was a get to know you kind of thing. The second week, uh, they presented the gospel to these new people and just really talked about the core of the gospel. And then I created six videos that are about 10 to 15 minutes long for them to use as primers in their discussion for the last six weeks. So the idea is that they'll create this eight week kind of system for marriages that they can then replicate. So these couples can then replicate it. That's super cool. Yeah. So, and you're posting those videos to YouTube, right? I have. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Maybe Rumble now too. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, Rumble. Yeah. So the the thing about that is that uh, that's really cool is I think it's something that they're thinking about doing three times a year. So mm-hmm. like fall, spring, and summer. Like and sweet. So I, you know, Micah, you you've told me in the past, and I appreciate it because it, it's really good wisdom. But you've told me in the past that like I should be careful how much time I invest in people outside of the four fifty six because we're a growing church. There yeah. are a lot more needs in our community. But when it's people like the pecs who like I did their premarital counseling and mm-hmm. I've known them for so long, it's super. And when they say, we want you to help us talk about marriage, it's like, it's super hard for me not to go, yeah, yeah. oh, dude, totally, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so uh, I got contacted. Uh, well, they, by, just, they just need to open a CrossFit gym here. Yeah, move here. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, pecs. Kyle come and I can do woodworking come, together. Come and get us in shape here. Yep. You know, get us strong. Come work on my pecs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the pecs can work on our pecs. <laughs> Everything would be great in the world, man. Well, also, I think that in the midst of that, it's an opportunity for you to make resources available yeah, that we widely is, that we've- which, that is, which has been something I've wanted to do for exactly. a long time. So I yeah. think it gives you a a deeper purpose for doing that. Well, uh, uh, a more on, expanded purpose. Yeah, honestly, what it does is, I, I've been saying for years, like almost three years, I really want to do this website with some more content on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just have not found the motivation. So it's, it's the proper motivation for me to yeah. really- Yeah. 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 So we need to find more people that, <laughs> that are either oh, having new Bible studies oh. or have issues. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I have something coming out, uh, hopefully at the beginning of December. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Sarah, I won't mention last names because I don't know, but like, even though I mentioned the pecs, but oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if that's both of their first names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Sarah uh, approached me and and I'm working on it. I'm hoping to finish it up. But she wanted she wanted some Advent readings that she could do with her nieces and nephews. So work is going to keep her away from her family a lot, her extended family. And so uh, 
she wanted some video things that she could do with her nieces and nephews during the Advent season and read them some specific kind of stories. And so I'm helping to write some Advent stuff that I hope to make available um, for our church as well on December 1st mm-hmm. so that cool. there can be these little readings that you can do with your family. Like That's cool. That's three, awesome. Three yeah. to five minute readings that you can do with your family every night as you're leading into Christmas. And I just, think I'm going to do that too. Yeah. And it's a series called why Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> Whoa. Spoilers. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Take your kids no, through this. No, it's ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be uh, like- that was, that was our last podcast. It'll be like- Gosh. <laughs> it'll be like Johnny the Walrus, but it's about Santa Claus. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I, I have no idea what Johnny the Walrus is. It was uh, Matt Walsh's kid's book, but it's like also a commentary on transgenderism, right? It was his like comedic response to oh, gotcha. the trans. So there's gotcha. this boy who thinks he's a walrus and his mom like wants to support him in it. So she does all these things like he, he has like wooden spoons in his mouth, like tusks. And mm-hmm. she tries to find a place for him at the zoo where he can find his own home. And it was it's yeah, funny. so funny. Yep. The funniest part was it was like a comedic <laughs> yeah, take of on course. it. And for a little while, it was the number one selling LGBTQ plus book on Amazon. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so for a while, his Twitter account had best selling LGBTQ plus author. No one knew he was poking fun of him. Oh, the, yeah. yeah, it just falls under that category yeah. on on Amazon. So oh, and because so many yeah. people, because so many, it was in the category, and because I so many see. people bought it, right? Because people Shot wanted the that book. Category. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. That's hilarious. hilarious. Oh, man. That's so funny. Oh, well, hey, let's step on over to the PCC, everybody. Come on. Oh, was that the real chime? It sounded just like it. (laughs) What's funny is, like, Ryan has no idea we add the chime in later, apparently. No, I I totally know. (laughs) Because if he listened, he would know how awkward it sounds to actually do the chime with him in the background going, what I need you to do is listen to to it it. so many times that you know the, the exact way to harmonize with it. So you can just pull back and be like, (laughs) <laughs> just like and people are like what's going on and they're listening to headphones <laughs> oh. uh, so this week we should actually do an episode like we don't tell him we stop doing the chime we do something completely different <laughs> he's doing the chime he's doing and it's like a boat horn <laughs> <or something laughs> yeah. like one of those uh, old cars <laughs> so this is coming out on November 8th on November 9th the next installment of the God of War series is coming out. I have been so excited. Yeah, have you really? No, I have a video game. Video game, yeah. I don't, so, even, I don't even know. So God of War, God of War Ragnarok. I know that you have told me you appreciate the storytelling of it. That's what I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I grew up really enjoying the God of War series. This isn't me as a promoter of the God of War series. It's it, the original four or five games. There's like a trilogy and then there's like side games. Uh, are about Greek mythology. And within Greek mythology, there's a lot of sexual things and a lot of violence. And so I'm not necessarily an advocate for the entire game, but I grew up playing these games, really enjoyed them. It was a reason why I kept in the PlayStation realm. A lot of people were like, you got to go Xbox. And I was like, Xbox doesn't have God of War though, man. So I'd rather play God of War over here with my PlayStation. Um, and if you want to argue about that, come at me. I don't care. That's fine. I know what I like bro. and I'm, go- I'm yeah, come at me, bro. So I actually found a way earlier this year, even though it was difficult um, because they're not really easy to get there. I got, I got PS5. I got a PS5. And actually... You got a PS5? I did, man. Yeah. Wow. So uh, so <laughs> you could only order them if you had a Walmart Plus membership. And so I like did some of the math and I was like, cool, I'm going to spend 15 extra bucks for to get... Like, I can get it Walmart Plus this month and just delete it as soon as I order my PlayStation. So I paid 15 extra dollars for a PlayStation I that gotcha. I would have otherwise. But then I was like, 
can I buy more PlayStations? So I bought two that day and sold one and made a $300 profit. Genius. <laughs> so it was a it was a fun day. I had a good time. But Genius. all that to say, I was like, I want to get a PS5 before God of War. The next God of War came out is coming out this week. And so if you're excited, let me know that you're excited. But one thing that was such a shift culturally um, or in, in the gaming realm surrounding this game was when they relaunched it in 2018, it was surrounding Norse mythology but he also had a son. So in the other ones, there's a lot of violence. There's some sexual things. It's Greek gods. And now there's a whole new world. There's also a new component where you're with like your, that's right, a whole new world. You're with- We had uh, that in post. That's right, yeah. You don't, you don't need to sing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole soundtrack we just put in. Uh, but there's this whole added component where you're with this child the whole time. And so a lot of people thought going into the game, like, is this going to be a, a whole game where I have to protect this kid? Like, I don't want to worry about that. I just want to worry about my quest and my mission. But what was cool about it, playing it and eventually learning more about it was that um, the director of the game hadn't had kids in the previous game, but had now had a couple of kids. And so there's a very real testament of him as a parent in this game. And then you see... Um, Kratos, the main character throughout throughout the midst of it, as well as Atreus, his son, having these barriers being torn down through their father-son relationship, not only between the two of them, but also uh, surrounding their own individual stuff. So in the other games, there's a lot of um, past traumatic events with Kratos because he finds out Zeus is, is his father. And big spoiler right there, if you guys haven't, <laughs> played, if you guys haven't played a game from 20 years ago. Um, but he has this cycle of just like bad parents and bad family members that he vows to destroy within his relationship with his son, as well as kind of some of these relationships with, with Norse gods. So anyway, all this to say as well, there's, there is this very intentional father son dynamic that the director wanted to put there that would have, that would play out throughout the whole game. And it wouldn't just be, Hey, let's toss in a kid. Cause it's fun. Cause kids are fun. It was actually intentional to see their relationships grow in the writing of it. And in the midst of that in 2018 or 2019, when I played it, Hannah was pregnant with Riley. And so I'm I'm having all these thoughts about fatherhood, all these discussions with fatherhood about with you guys as well, leading up to us having Riley and playing this game. So there's a huge emotional investment. And you might be a real father after you play this. I know, right? Well, I, you've already said I'm a real dad. Yeah, there. that you changes were, like from episode <laughs> to episode. That's true. So what I was going to say within this game, um, now, I mean, I think that I can say this on here at this point. Um, Hannah, we're expecting baby number two, hey. and so and so I'm going to be playing this game with when when Hannah is pregnant with uh, with our second child. And um, just think when you're up feeding the new baby in the middle of the night, then you can play God of War. Exactly. I can, I, I, I get that. You, how, didn't you have like the PSP? I did. I had the PlayStation <laughs> Portable. I would, because my, my problem was with my kids is I would try to like sit on the couch and feed them in the middle of the night and I'd fall asleep, which is like super dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I got to find something to keep me awake. So I'd feed them and I had the bottle like propped up. I forget how I did it. And then I'd have the PSP between my hands and I'd be playing FIFA. So just, I'm going to get real good at balancing things and yep. having my controller and I got, I can't jump up. <laughs> can't get excited with about Hayes, it. Hayes, it because of his cleft palate, it took mm -hmm. longer to feed him. So I actually just started watching, I think I was watching like the arrow or something like that. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. then I'd, he'd be done feeding in like 40 minutes. And I'm like, I gotta finish, well, I gotta the, finish episode. the episode, man. What do you Sometimes do? Sometimes I'd be up too long in the middle of the night. <laughs> so uh, all that to say, I'm, I'm excited to see how that father son dynamic continues, but also excited to like, whether or not I'm a real parent, we're not sure, but, 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 but having had this now journey into, know, you've, you've done it twice. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having had this journey into fatherhood, seeing like, how did they I said continue? What I said. You did say what you said and I, I enjoy it. I like that joke a lot. <laughs> I've successfully done it twice. <laughs> um, 
anyway, I'm excited to see how that father dynamic, uh, father son dynamic changes within the story. But also like, as I've grown in the past two or three years as a father, like how does that play out? And as well, just kind of how am I respond to the game? So all that to say, if you guys want to be a part of my God of War journey and see how that reflects it, I'm excited about it. Let me know if you're playing the game. And uh, again, it's not saying I'm an advocate for everything within the game, but it's a fun game. I'm I just like going to buy some PS5s apparently and sell them. Dude, man, make some money, dude. Make it happen. It's a fun time. Uh, Ryan, what are we talking about today? Hey, <laughs> thanks, Pierce. Uh, today, we are talking about the idea that salvation righteousness uh is found in christ alone mm -hmm. uh, it's not anywhere else um it's not christ and it is not um all religions lead the same place it's jesus jesus is our savior our shepherd our king uh the prophet it's promised like jesus is the fulfillment of and the means by which people come to god but ryan Oprah claims to be a Christian, and she says there are many ways to God besides Christianity. Well, actually, Pierce, a couple of things. Her name was supposed to be Orpa. <laughs> True story. Is it real? Oh, yeah. for real? Yeah, yeah. So in the in the book of Orpa. in the book it's of Ruth, like from the Bible. Yeah, in the book of Ruth, Orpa's Orpa yeah. was Ruth's sister-in-law, mm. and her mom meant to name her that and misspelled it, so she got named Oprah. Oprah. So is it any wonder that her theology is also mixed up? That's true, yeah. You know? Because... You can't even get the letter right. No, no, no. Like, like you know, so uh, that this idea uh, that, that there are other ways um, to, to God, that there are other ways to righteousness, it, it's... What's interesting is this is not a, this is not a new conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and it's even older than I think most people think that it is. You know, like... I remember growing up and people, uh, our youth pastors would bring special people in to speak to us or whatever. And they would say things to us like, you know, look, there's going to be a lot of people who are now saying there's other ways, you know, to God, or there's other ways for righteousness. The, the reality is that the Bible itself has people in it who believe that the means for righteousness was works, mm -hmm. right? And, and so the idea that there are people who exist who think, oh, there's another way to God. That's always been the case. The Bible tells us this story. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to jump off here in, um, I'm going to jump off here in John 10. We, I think all of us probably know John 14 verse six, right? I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father, but through me, um, John 10, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he, this? uh, sorry, John 10 verse one. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way as a thief or a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech he used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Jesus said again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So he's already said, so he's the shepherd, he's the door, uh, and, and he says, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And we'll pause right there because there's a lot to unpack here. Mm -hmm. and, and I've been in church my whole life as you guys also have been. And so uh, we, we see here... And and this is really talking about um, this is really talking about 
I think, uh, kind of a false doctrine. And Jesus is answering that false doctrine with himself as the standard of truth. Mm-hmm. So we, we're familiar with verse 10, where it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Uh, I, this, th- our view of this verse directly changes how we view this text. Mm. It should be the other way around. The text should change how we view this verse. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was taught and taught for the first 25 years of my preaching life that the thief here was the devil. Um, and it's not, the devil's a bad dude. Like we talked about him in a podcast last month. The, mm-hmm. the devil's not good. And John 8, Jesus even says the devil's a liar and a murderer. Uh, he was a liar from the beginning, a murderer from the beginning. So there, there's similarities here. But in verse 1, he says, um, anyone who comes by another way, anybody who comes by another way but the door. Now, Jesus has said what? I'm the door. Mm-hmm. And anyone who comes by another, di- another way is a thief or a robber. And then in verse eight, he says, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers. And then he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. Now, a couple of things that are super important to note. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, first of all, Jesus here is talking to a group of Jews. And he is sitting with these Jews who, I think it's hard for us to understand how well the Jews knew the scripture. Because as Christians, we tend to be very lax in our study of the scripture. Right. We tend to like not know it super well. So it's hard for us to imagine how seriously the Jews took the scriptures. And so when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he is making a reference to two different prophecies, one in, in Jeremiah 23 and one in Ezekiel 34. Um, and, and it says this, um, this is a rebuke. This is from Ezekiel 34. It's a rebuke to the shepherds of the people. And it says, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey to you and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd. And my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the the word of the Lord. I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep from their hand and I will put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer will the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue the sheep from their mouths so that they will no longer be food for these wicked shepherds. So there's these wicked shepherds. In in the context of Ezekiel, these were the false prophets. These are the people who were standing up and saying things contrary to God. Mm -hmm. In Jesus's day, it's the scribes and the Pharisees. These are the false shepherds, the wicked shepherds, right? And then I love what he says, uh, verse 11, this is the prophecy of the good shepherd who will come, which we will see really quickly as Christ. Ezekiel 34, 11 says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search out my sheep, and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock, when he is among the sheep that have been scattered, I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places, which Jesus will also say in John 10, I have sheep not of this fold, but sheep of another fold, and I will go and bring them in as well. Um, And I will rescue them from all the places where they've been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountain of Israel by the ravines and in the inhabited places. I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. And they will lie down in the good grazing land on the rich pasture. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make them lie down. I will seek, I love this. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong one I will destroy and I will feed them in justice. And not in justice, but (laughs) with justice. Uh, And so 
I, I love this phrase. I, I will seek the lost. I will bring back the straight. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. And so when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd here, when he says, everyone who came before me is a thief and a robber, when he said that every other way that has been presented to you um, is, is wrong, he, he's not saying the thief here is the devil. He's saying the thief here are all the false teachers, right. all the teachers who would uphold a righteousness by any means other than Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's sort of like in Matthew 7, I think 13 and 14, where he says, wide is the road that leads to destruction and many find it, but narrow is the road that leads to life and few will find it. Yeah. And he's referencing himself. And so he calls himself the gate, calls himself the door, calls himself the shepherd. And here in John 10, he's not talking about the devil trying to rob and steal. And this is what's really, really interesting. He says that these, these false shepherds is essentially what he's saying. These false shepherds have sought to rob and to steal. And so what I find really interesting about that is the implication is that all false teaching has at its core robbery of the people who would come underneath it, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's an abuse of the people, even if it doesn't look like an abuse of the people. And then what Christ mm-hmm. offers, what Christ offers is the binding up of the broken and the rescuing of the lost and the bringing back into the fold of those who have been scattered. Like mm-hmm. there's this grace and this mercy where the false teaching that Jesus is talking about here is oppressive. Like it, the law is oppressive in, in this culture, in the culture of the Jews and Jesus, the law is oppressive. Yeah. It produces death and condemnation. And he's like, man, he goes, these guys have been feeding themselves on you and I'm here to rescue you because I'm the good shepherd. And so this idea, I don't know. I, I love this. I love the language that Jesus uses here. Um, I love that he says that my sheep hear my voice. They listen mm-hmm. to me. I call them out. You know, I call them by name. Like, uh, he, he'll go on to say that that he gives them eternal life. This is later. This is uh, 28, uh, 10, 28. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. Like the, the rescue of Christ, first of all, is unique, mm-hmm. is unique. There isn't any other religious system. There isn't any other religious system that, that provides salvation as a free gift through faith. None. All of the others works. are works-based. Every single one of them is some version of law, which is, is breaking the sheep. It is crippling the sheep. It is hurting the sheep. And, and not only is it unique, not only is the salvation that's offered through Christ unique, it's complete. Mm. It's complete. And every other religious system has, has a caveat. Right. Like if you do this or if you like, there's, yeah, there's always the blessing, but the potential of the curse and in Christ, there's the blessing. And so it's, it's unique and it's complete. And, and I just, I think, I I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if it's kind of, uh, the, everybody gets a trophy mindset or that we don't want to be offensive as Christians when somebody comes to us and says, well, I, you know, I just don't believe in Jesus, but I believe, you know, I, I, I believe in my God. And I think that we can, and I don't, I don't know why we feel the need to placate them. Like, I don't yeah, think we need real. to be jerks, but but I they they are scattered and broken and lost still. Like they don't yeah. get it. You know, like the Bible tells us in First John that if you deny the Son, you deny the Father. Also, mm-hmm. if yeah. if you have the Son, you have the Father. If you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father. Yeah. And this this idea that that Jesus is a means by which we can come to righteousness, like, um. I, I I just think we need to be a little more desperate. Yeah. The the standard of that situation or the uh, 
filter, maybe probably a better word for it. I can't think of it. In the, in that situation, what they're allowing is cultural and social comfortability to be the, what dictates their action instead of um, longing to see the lost come to know Christ. And so, yeah. And so, and I don't know if we can go as strong as to say like they're they're tainting the gospel. I don't know if we can go that strong, but I think it does show the place. Oh, somebody who, somebody who says. No, 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 who doesn't say it, who, who just doesn't engage, like who kind of what you were saying of like, listen, they're if, not, as if, a, not as firm with it. If somebody um, makes a direct statement to you and says, I, I hear that you're a follower of Jesus, I just think there's many ways that we can be, and you don't address that, I think you're tainting the yeah, gospel. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. If it's I, a direct I statement. I was just thinking of like, I don't think you have, have a situation like, where they're in not. every situation. I don't know, man. I'd have if it's a direct statement to you. If I don't you're know what you down, mean. I don't know what you mean by, because I think you're actually setting a standard for the response. Okay. So like if like if you've read any of those martyrs books where like someone's holding a gun to someone's head and says in essence I don't believe Jesus is God I don't need you to renounce him and they don't go well let me tell you what Jesus yeah, actually yeah I'm is. with you yeah I don't think you can make that standard okay that's fair you might say in our culture now you think it would be the wisest way to go about those conversations it, to yeah save. if if you're in a situation where you're sitting down with somebody an acquaintance a friend and you're having these conversations yes. and you you're don't speaking address it from a one cultural perspective from yeah, one time true frame. true yeah yeah. Because I don't think that's been the case. Like I think about the Christians who were being killed in the in the Colosseum. Like, yeah, I, I can't imagine they're standing. Well, besides, uh, what's his face? Uh, Polycarp. Polycarp. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's well, but, not everybody's but, Polycarp, but not even Polycarp made a defense. Yeah. So because he responded though, uh, he responded ish. Away with all you atheists. Yeah. Hmm. So the the proconsul who who said to Polycarp, he said, convince convince the people. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. And so like hmm. even in that moment, he. So you're right. But uh, if I'll say it differently, if, if there is someone in your life that you consider a friend and they, they say to you, I don't think that Jesus is it. I think it can be anything. I feel like you have a duty to <laughs> say something. I still don't think you can make that standard. Why? Because if the goal is to share the gospel with them, it might not be the best means to respond in that gotcha. moment. Okay. I think the goal has to be that they know Jesus, not gotcha. that you respond. Okay. If the goal is to defend the gospel, then you're actually saying the power of defending the gospel is in my hands. I see. Not in his hands, not in Jesus's hands, the spirit's hands. I think you play in wisdom. Like maybe it's this moment when you need to respond and be like, no, that's stupid. So or maybe it, it's a moment where you need to be like, hey, listen. It's an um, opportunity for that yeah, conversation. Like, hey, listen, you know, I've got 10 minutes and I got to roll. <laughs> I would love to sit down and talk to you about this some more. You always have some thoughts. Let's go sit down for some coffee or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think you can make like a yeah. consistent response, the standard. I think it needs to be the goal of people knowing Jesus right. and hearing the gospel. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. And and so it has to be approached with wisdom and yeah. with with discretion. But like- I, I think you can, you can check your heart in that moment. Did I not respond out of fear or hmm. our timidness or am I- um, utilizing this situation, this relationship to to my goal is yep. still the gospel. So yep. I think you can question my, okay, did I not respond a certain way in order to build the relationship more to share the gospel more? Or did I not respond? Because I mean, speaking from experience, I've I've probably been, I've been in both situations where I've just not responded because I was just like, was too timid in the moment. And I'm, gotcha. I, I'm, I don't like that. I'm, I hate that I didn't do that. But I've also responded in such a way it's like, I'm going to take time to take time to Think respond. Through. Yeah. So you have actually and been be intentional with the relationship. I've actually been in both situations, but not out of timidity. Like mm. I've been in situations where I have friends I know who have said things to me like, you know, that's, I don't believe in that stuff. And it's just a point of conversation. And then I've been in a situation where I was with a group of people and there was someone who was proclaiming to be a Christian. This is, I think, a caveat. Someone proclaiming to be a Christian, 
that was telling my group of friends who weren't Christians, oh yeah, Mormons believe in the same Jesus. Oh, no. yeah. To I which remember that story, I though. lit the fire of Shut like yeah. Mount Carmel, you know, like <laughs> God bring that fire down on this dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's what I mean is like, I, I don't think it's consistent. Well, I think no, I think you're right depends. because, because to your point, I think that there's some application here in the phrase, don't cast your pearls before swine. Yeah. So there may be somebody who is just argumentative and hateful who says, you know, I don't yeah. believe any of that. And the best call of action for you would just to be walk away. No, I don't think there was a dude one time at Starbucks. I was um, getting some coffee with Matt Johnson before he abandoned Texas and moved to Florida. Come on, Golly, Matt. Matt. Um, which he seems to really love. Yeah. So I guess. Um, anyways, we're sitting at Starbucks and this dude from like across, there was just me and Matt and this other guy in Starbucks and he's like across the oh, yeah. room and he's like, hey, I hear you guys are talking about the Bible. <laughs> like just yells across the room and I'm like, yeah, man. I'm just hanging out, talking about Jesus. And he was starts to like tell me like all these intellectual reasons why it's not true. And I just responded. I was like, listen, dude, I'm probably not the best person to have this intellectual conversation with you. But what I can tell you that the Bible proclaims over and over again and what I believe about God is that um, if you put your faith in God as a provider of salvation through Jesus, you're saved. Yeah. Like that's what the Bible proclaims over and over again. And then he kept trying to go. And I was like, listen, man, I don't tell you. What I can tell you is yeah. salvation comes through faith in <laughs> yes. Jesus. I kept, I like, <laughs> I think it was like five or six times. And then I was finally like, listen, dude, I'm not trying to be like overly mean by this, but my buddy's leaving tomorrow and we're here to have coffee. I'm not like, I'm not here to have this conversation with you. So um, you can either like drink your own coffee or, or we're going to leave like one of the two, but I'm not going to continue in this conversation. I'm not going to cast yeah. my pearls before yeah. swine. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So there's, it's a situational dependent, but I think the goal has always got to be the gospel. Yeah, my 100%. guess is um, the times that probably us three would find ourselves directly responding to someone in like a brash way would be if someone's proclaiming to be a Christian mm. and proclaiming a false gospel. Yeah. False. I don't think yeah, any yeah, of yeah, us yeah. would, none of us would be timid. No, no. not at all. So, so why, why is it that there are uh, Christian people? I, I don't, I mean, I'm using Christian with like this idea that they're probably not like mm-hmm. tongue in cheek, but um, which maybe answers the question. <laughs> but, but how is it that we have come to tolerate that there are people who call themselves Christians who say, you know, that like Jesus is not necessarily the standard or mm-hmm. that Jesus is not mm-hmm. the way to go? So I was looking up, uh, let's see if I saved it here. The, the quote um, from who? From Oprah. Uh, this is from a while back, but it says from Fake Orpa? Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe that Jesus, so she separates the two. I believe that Jesus came to show us the consciousness of Christ, that What's Jesus that? came to show us the way of the heart, and that what Jesus was saying was to show us a higher consciousness. And so it sounds like the new Indiana Jones. Well, it's not only that, but there was a, there was a guy the other day that I saw a video of his and he, he says that Christianity means that we have all come. This is something. So this was from maybe like almost a decade ago. Hmm. And then the one that I saw the other day was literally from last week where a guy said, Christianity is about coming into the consciousness of God so that together we all become God together. It's like a new age. I know, but they're doing it under the name of Jesus. They're saying that that's what Jesus has come to so, do. Yeah. And it doesn't feel much different to me than what happened with the Roman Catholic church mm. where they became like the standard of Christianity. And there was a small pocket of people who were like, no, 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 no. That's not what the Bible has said. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the standard for Christianity was, was a workspace salvation. So right. to me, it's like a, 
it's an, we talked about, I think I mentioned this a while back. I don't remember when on the podcast that there's these places in Southeast Asia where they've like, they're Muslim areas, but they've combined their traditional form of religion and worship with Islam. And it's like spirit worship, ancestor worship plus Islam. And I think Mm. that's kind of what you see culturally with Christianity is there have been cultural influences where it's taken on the name of Christianity, but it's not, it's actually some, something completely different. Yeah. Um, and so for those of you, anybody you know, who, <laughs> for, for people who would ask the question like, well, what do you mean about Roman Catholicism? If you read the doctrine of Roman Catholicism, it's, it's workspace. Plus, if you actually start looking through the religion, you actually see influences from lots of different pagan religions, like the, yeah. the hat that the, that the Pope wears and a lot of the uh, cardinals and bishops wear and is actually the same hat that the priests of Dagon wore the, yeah. the God of the Fish Philistines. God or yeah. something like that you said. Yeah. So I mean, it's not even like hidden. It's like yeah. in plain sight. So there's a lot of that. And I think you've just seen that. So now I think what you're seeing, because because the, uh, I don't know how to say this well without being like too offensive, the, uh, the movement from the, it's probably before this, but like that took, took a lot of root in the 60s of like the love yourself mm-hmm. kind of, movement that has kind of continued to permeate our culture, which kind of produced this new age perspective that kind of took root in the eighties. I feel like was when I started to really remember hearing about it a lot. I think you're seeing the effects of that now. Like I've had a conversation with someone recently who's like, I don't really know what I believe about Jesus. We talked about faith from Romans four and they're like, I never heard about that before. I've never heard faith described that way. I'm not sure if I actually believe that, but very much he proclaims to be a Christian. And actually what I heard recently is still helps lead worship at a church. Mm-hmm. So in their mind, they're Christian. Yeah. To which I asked, why? Like, what's the goal of calling yourself Christian? I think this is just another movement where Christianity is not actually Christianity. Mm-hmm. It, it's probably it makes me think of the podcast we did last month about the the lies of the devil are not usually yeah. the in your face thing. They're the ones that sound it's really, really similar close to the truth. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's interesting. One of the things that I've I've said, and so temper this, but like one of the things that I've said is that. When, when we say we need to put our faith in Jesus, we need to put our faith in Jesus for who Jesus declares himself to yes. be. Um, yes. In, instead of who we are making mm-hmm. Jesus to be. So when somebody comes and tries to water down the Jesus of the Bible, who yeah. the Bible says is God, mm-hmm. uh, that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's just said, we saw in chapter 10 here, that I and the Father are one. Uh, Hebrews 1 says he is the fullness and the radiance of God's glory. The fullness of deity dwells in him, it says mm-hmm. in Colossians 1 and Colossians 2. So like, if, if like, w- the Bible, the Bible can't be piecemealed out. Like, no. if First if, if John tells us that if you don't acknowledge the Son, you don't acknowledge the Father, then if you don't acknowledge the Son, you don't acknowledge the Father. Right. And it's not just acknowledging Jesus from the existed. standpoint. Yeah, that he existed, that he was a man, or some panty-waist version of what the Bible, like, declares him to be because i've heard people recently say jesus actually came to teach us how to be better humans Mm. yeah that's crazy that's a load of bs well Mm -hmm. and and we've heard people say that that jesus wasn't actually god that he came to show us what a life committed to god could look like right uh and you go man (laughs) like why do we i i think i really think that people are uncomfortable with grace. I think people say they want mm. grace, but I think they're actually uncomfortable no, with it. I was actually going to ask earlier, like you were, you were mentioning that that this is the only um, 
so-called religion that isn't a works-based right. thing. Thoughts on this? I, I don't know why that is. Like, are we just as humans innately wired to long for things that we have to work for? You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. Because I, literally every, every other so-called way to God, including um, some former version, it's not actually Christianity, but something associated yeah. with Christianity that's a works-based perspective, like, all, it's like we're always running back to works. We always yeah. want to earn our way. It's like Christians who say like, well, I know that Jesus saved me, but now I got to do all this stuff. Yep. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. you haven't understood the gospel. The gospel. Yeah. yeah. You haven't. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this might be, this is just the tip of the iceberg, but we have found, right, that if we put on a conference for free, fewer people commit to that yeah. than the people who pay five bucks for it. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so like people who pay five bucks are like invested a little bit more. And, and I, I, I truly don't know what it is. I think that people in general say, man, I, I would just like a place where there's grace. I would just like a place where there's freedom. I just like a place where there's love. And literally there's that in the gospel. Yeah. Literally mm -hmm. there's that. But then we're so uncomfortable with it. Um, and Micah, you say this a lot. We all do, I think, but Micah, you, you hit it quite a bit in our podcast that, uh, until we get the sense of our identity in Jesus, like mm -hmm. really get the sense of our identity, I think we're just uncomfortable with like this idea that I didn't merit this. I didn't mm -hmm. earn this. I, yeah. I don't deserve this. So it's either, it's either a pride standpoint. There, it's both pride, but I think nuanced. Mm -hmm. It's either a pride standpoint of, no, 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 I'm going to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I've done everything else, my own dang self. I'm going to do this one myself too. Mm -hmm. Or it's, no, you don't know how bad I am. You don't know. Like, let, let me try to earn it back. Let me. And you know what just hit me? There have been times when someone's given our family a Christmas present that we didn't plan on buying a Christmas present for. And we all of a sudden feel this like weird yeah. obligation, like, oh crap, we didn't buy them. We a didn't Christmas buy them present. a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we got to buy them a present. Yeah, I, it's it's that kind of whatever that is. Yeah, you know what I mean is is what you're talking about. Yeah, like, there's for something sure. In us that longs for that, and maybe that is the antithesis of who we were created to be. Yeah, maybe mm. that is a result of the sin that entered into us mm. because of Adam. Maybe that is the opposition of God. God says, "I've created you in the garden." to be my image, perfect in this creation. Um, you can even eat from the tree of life. And mm. what you do instead is try to do it on your own. Yep. You're going to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You want to do the work on your own. Like maybe there's something innate that that has passed down to us through that. I don't know. It's just a yeah. thought. But it's funny to me that, that uh, even in so-called Christian circles, we still want to say like, like, well, there's probably other ways yeah. to get to God, which is, I know what you were after earlier, Ryan, because I probably feel this more than most. When someone says that around me, it is difficult for me. It's a little bit Jeremiah 20. I, I'm just, I'm so, yeah, I, I'm like, I, not in a like weird charismatic way prophetic, but like I feel so much like the prophets in terms of like yeah. what I feel like burns. Like when Jeremiah says this fire um, is in my bones and I'm weary of holding, like, I feel that often where I am like ready to let it out. Maybe that's just partly my personality, but like, I have to remember, like remind myself, the goal is for these people to know Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even someone who's proclaiming a false gospel, I still want them to actually know the true gospel. Yeah, we want them to be saved. It doesn't yeah. mean I handle them with kid gloves. Well, and, and to be fair, uh, even to further and bolster your point is the, the way that the, the false teachers of uh, Second Peter and Jude were treated 
Like the way that the Bible talks about them is super dismissive. They're, they're mm-hmm. unreasoning animals. They're like wild beasts of the field, like waterless clouds, like these desert lands. And so uh, there are appropriate times where, where the response, the correct response is to be dismissive of those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dismissive so, is such a light word. That's not what they're doing. No, but you know, <laughs> like, so this, this idea though, like I, I worry I worry not not that Christians are going to fall for false doctrine. Yeah, it mm-hmm. happens. Like in terms of nuanced stuff, smaller things. Yeah, yeah. Like, but not. I, I'm not worried that Christians are going to fall for false doctrine. Yeah, because he says uh, in Revelation, and when he says uh, you mentioned it earlier in John 10. Yeah, they hear my voice. My, yeah, uh, or. I gave in verse 28, I gave them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but when Satan's released from the thousand years to deceive the world and even the elect, if that were possible, like the implication is like the, the elect, those who have put faith in Christ aren't going to be deceived. Mm-hmm. Or I think he's probably talking about Israel there. But. Yeah. 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 But probably believing Israel. Yes. But yeah. Like not in general. No, no, no. But those who have put their That's faith. Very much would sound like you just. Said. Yeah. Sorry. But those who have put their faith in. As Israelites. As Israelites in Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Those of Israel who have I'm put only their faith saying that because Jesus. this is like a John 10's like General. a general. No, John 10's like a mantra for, for election for a lot of people. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh so we still gotta talk about that sometime. Oh, true. Yeah. But spoilers, my bad. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> but what what I am concerned about, and I, I know that this is the work of God, I know this is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. But what I am concerned about is the the number of people who have been sold an imitation Jesus, an imitation Christianity. That there there are people walking around calling themselves believers. They think that they're believers and what they believe about Christ, if you if you boil it all the way down, it's still a system of morals or a system of laws. It's not Jesus. It's not Jesus so, as God. Here's a question. Why are we actually bothered by people who call themselves Christians that aren't? What I mean, what I mean is I just I, want them to know Jesus. Yes. Yeah. That's my thought. Is like I feel like oftentimes the conversation's more wrapped around, well, you're not actually a Christian, instead of saying, like, well, yeah. no, no, no. Here's what God says about how we are made right in his presence. Yeah. It's like I'm not mm-hmm. what I mean is like. I feel like to be so bothered by these people who aren't Christians, who call themselves Christians is actually a pride issue in a bad way. Like mm-hmm. I'm actually worried about someone misnomering me or like mis like misunderstanding gotcha. me as a Christian. I don't really care Yeah, because my, my position before God is set. No one can snatch right. me out of his hand. What I want those people to do is to know Jesus. I'm not worried about how people view me. Right. Well, the, you know, like, well, so-and-so says they're a Christian. Oprah says she's a Christian. She does this. What about you? You're a Christian. You must do that too. Or, you know, what about yeah. you know, all this? I, I don't care. What I care about is that the world knows Jesus. Yeah. Like, Well, and, and honestly, those kinds of situations probably afford you opportunities for conversations with those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like, know? I don't mind. This might be what you're saying earlier. I don't mind telling someone, well, it sounds like you're probably not a Christian because this is what God says about faith. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like on a public view, I hear so many Christians bother about like, oh, they shouldn't be calling themselves Christians. Like the world has been calling themselves Christians since the inception of Christianity. Was that that word began to be used in the time of the Romans to to yeah. criticize and put down the followers of Jesus? Yeah. Since the probably the institutionalization of the church from like Constantine on, 
Christianity has been used as a identifier to do all kinds of crazy things in yep. the world. I mean, that was kind of the idea of like the crusades. It was kind of the idea of the, of a lot of the exploration of the yeah. other parts of the world from, from Europe that was done under the banner of Christianity. That's what I'm saying is like Christianity has been, has been misused sure. for a long time. Why do we think it's different now? That's true. And, and there are always people who are, going to seek to abuse and utilize the system. And so our goal has to yeah. not be to fight for the name of Christianity yeah. to be reflected correctly. Our goal has to be to lift up Jesus where people can see the gospel clearly. Yeah. I think, I think, all right, so let's do that for a few minutes. Let's, Jesus is God eternally existing, um, uh, creator of all things, uh, Colossians one, again, that nothing was made that has been made except for through Jesus Christ, John one, Everything that has come into existence came into existence through him. Mm-hmm. It's upheld by the word of his power back to Colossians 1. Like, th- this, is, this is who Jesus is. Uh, there was a, uh, maybe Marcion's heresy. I don't remember. Maybe you remember Pierce. But there was a heresy in the second century Christianity that was like, Christ came down out of heaven and went into this man, Jesus, and used him for a number of years. And then on the cross, Christ went back to heaven and Jesus died for your sins. If you, if you are dividing Jesus and Christ like <laughs> that, that's not Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Christ just means anointed one. That's all it means. Jesus, the anointed one. Like yeah. it, it's, it is the son of God, fully God, fully man, who by whom righteousness comes. Uh, and, and he, like, there's Acts 4, I love it. Verse 12 says, there is no other name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved. Mm-hmm. And it, this is, when, when Peter says that, when Peter says that, like it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, everybody's version or everybody's take on Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the Jesus he's declaring. Like we, we have to go back to the source material. It's mm-hmm. so interesting to me that the Bible is full of text about who Jesus is, testifies to his char- who his character is, and then people say, I believe in Jesus of the Bible, only I believe it this way. Right. And, and they're denying this. Like, we have to know what the Bible declares about Christ. You said it earlier. It's it's basically God's self-declaration of who he is. Yeah. It's not my version. Yeah. I had someone one time tell me, I can't believe anything in the Bible if it doesn't match up with science. I was like, well, why do you call yourself a Christian? He was like, what do yeah. you mean? I was like, well, explain to me scientifically how someone can be raised from the dead. Right. Yeah. And he was just silent. Well, it, what a stupid thing to say anyway. I don't believe anything in the Bible because then your question was right. Why call yourself a Christian? 100%. Like th- this is the testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, like this is, yeah. the, this is telling us who Jesus is. I just want to know like why people feel the need to do that. I, to I mean, call themselves Christians. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. And maybe that's just me not understanding people's like emotional connection well, to it. Well, yeah. you know what though? It's it's maybe what you were getting at a minute ago uh, that from the beginning and in the inception of the church, there have been people who have called themselves Christians. I, I think that there were some who did it for nefarious purposes, that it was a business proposition for mm-hmm. them. If I can be a Christian in this church, like then I can get all the business of these people. I can get them to bank at my bank. I can get them, you know, whatever, right? Like camaraderie kind of thing. But I think equally so, there are people who like the name tag for the the morality of it. I, I shared with you guys yeah. uh, last month as well, the, the video of the so-called pastor who said he didn't care if his kids grew up to know Christ so long as they grew up to know the mercy and the kindness that Christ teaches. And so essentially what he's saying is there is a, a moral standard that I 
perceive in Christianity and in the person Jesus that I want my kids to take into the world, whether they believe in Jesus or not. I want them to have, and I think that for some people it's that. Like, yeah. like they look at Jesus, it, Jesus, this is gonna be really stupid, but for some people, Jesus is just the Christian Gandhi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Christian Mother Teresa, you know, yeah. like or kind of- Christian Buddha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. here's this benevolent, good, caring person. Look at how he ministered to the marginalized. I think that Jesus, I think that Jesus in our current day is going to see a resurgence in affection, a false teaching about Jesus. Because of the social justice movement. Because of the social justice movement. And because of, we got to minister to the marginalized just like Jesus did. And when people reduce Jesus to a set of moral platitudes, yeah. that is not Christianity. The, and, I, and we're all for reaching the marginalized for the sake of the gospel, not yeah. for the for, sake for of legitimate salvation, not for the sake of social justice. No, yeah, for, yeah. for God who reigns in heaven. Like, like, listen, Psalm two, it's a, it's a text that gets quoted wrong a lot or not quoted wrong, just used wrong. But it says, ask and I'll give the nations to you. Um, and people use it for all their missionary stuff. Didn't we have the song in the nineties? Um, oh yeah. And it was a beautiful song, but it, <laughs> Shane and oh, Shane. that was a Shane song. I know Shane and Shane sing it. Yeah, uh, he was just he was just quoting it though. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> just still in the wrong it. context. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but people took that as a mission statement. But it's it's the Father speaking to the Son. It's God speaking to Jesus, and He's saying like these nations that have rejected you. He goes, "Ask and I'll give the nations to you, and you can destroy them." Mm-hmm. And and then there's a little verse in that Psalm that says, "Kiss the Son." Like, lest he be angry with you. Like, kiss the sun. Come to the sun for righteousness, for life. Like, it's presented even in the Psalms, mm. right? That righteousness and life are found in Jesus. Not not moral codex, you know? Not, not this, yeah. like, kind of style of living. And so Jesus— Which is what the, the um, thief, the thieves were doing in yeah. John 10. Yeah. Jesus said, came before me. They were saying— Live by these moral platitudes. Yep. Live by obedience to the law for the sake of righteousness. Yep. And Jesus is saying that's yep. not it. Like if if our view of Christianity is reduced to any set of moral behaviors, because every religion has kind of some overlap, mm-hmm. but then they also have their own. So if our view of Jesus is re- reduced to any set of moral behaviors, we have missed Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is not the means for good morality. He is not the means for satisfactory living. Mm-hmm. He is the means for salvation and the means for salvation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that like, maybe that's why I feel the way that I do, like what I was saying earlier. I yeah. agree with your position yeah, that, yeah. that- It's situational. You have to look at it situationally. But I also agree that there's a little bit of a chip on my shoulder that makes me want to go- well, You're also similar to me in that. Yeah. I think we're all three that way. I, I, I can think of a few people in my life close who- like their first response, no matter what, wouldn't be like to call somebody out. That's just yes. not their yeah. tendency. But they would lovingly probably have a conversation. They'd take them out for coffee or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and let them talk about and it. And their intent would be the gospel, and yes. that would be the right intent. Yes. It yeah. just looks a little different. Mine's yeah. probably always going to look a little more intense than other people's. Maybe. Maybe. It, because it's interesting, right? Like, I think, I think I would probably be more reactionary and you would be more thoughtful. You you would examine it would be it would be different if it was if someone is like preaching yeah that's different then we're both in the same camp yeah but but like i'm gonna be a little more manipulative than you are you you would process it in a split second and be like okay here's the way that i can handle this and i would just in that split second react and i'd be like are you kidding me Mm -hmm. i would ask some kind of question you know answer and uh and and so it the our 
our affection for Jesus isn't like my goal for my kids in understanding Jesus isn't that my kids would behave. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> like my goal for my kids with Jesus is that they would know that he is the means by which we enter salvation and mm-hmm. righteousness. Oh, that's an interesting thought. I wonder if a lot of this idea of like works-based righteousness, salvation has been perpetuated by the way we parent, even as Christians. Oh, I'm sure it has. Yeah. I'm Where sure we say like, here's a set of rules that have nothing to do with like your growth as someone who loves Jesus. Um, and if you don't abide by these rules, I hate you. If you abide by these rules, I love you. You're just perpetuating this. Obviously, there's caveats to that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. talked about it with Riley. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, as, you're, as I'm, you know, watching you become a real parent, watching you grow <laughs> and those things. Look at you, man. Hey. But that's, you know, we're, I think we, we have, you've talked about this with parenting, Ryan. Like we have a tendency to just make up rules for the sake of rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I feel like you mentioned recently, like you, you weren't allowed to, uh, like if you, if you didn't eat all your food, you weren't allowed to eat anything else. Like you'd have to go to bed mm-hmm. hungry or something yeah. like that. And or you'd or you'd sit there for an hour is, and a half, two hours. I'm Gosh. pretty convinced that a lot of those things are passed down. Like they you, are your generation. You're like two generations away from the depression, the Great Depression. Yeah. And so there were probably a lot of those things that were like, this is all the food we have to eat. You eat it all. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. just like passed down and then passed mm-hmm. down. So I think a lot of it is just mm-hmm. us not actually traditions. <laughs> yeah, and us as parents not thinking my goal has to be for my for my kids. My goal has to be, I want to teach you who God is, what salvation looks like through faith in Jesus. And then as a follower of Jesus, how to love him and glorify him in your life. If that's the goal, then obviously there's nuance to the the standards and rules you you have to set for your kids. But at that point, it's not just making up dumb rules. Right. It's with a goal and intention and purpose. And if not, then kids grow up. I mean, one of the conversations I mentioned earlier was with someone who grew up in a Christian household. And my guess is, I don't know their parents super well, but my guess is there was probably just a bunch of rules like don't have sex, don't drink, don't smoke, don't watch bad movies, you we, know, like. We have seen well-intentioned, but we have seen a tendency for people, young people who grow up under the law to abandon that system in high school or college mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they're tired of Christianity. Yeah, It's a weight. Yep. Yep. This is why I think Jesus says- Well, the Bible even talks about it. Yeah. In, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Not, not, a, not only that, but I was thinking in Matthew 23 where he's doing the woes to the Pharisees and he says, you lay a burden on these people oh, yeah. too heavy to bear that mm, not yeah. even you yourself have borne. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right. the idea of the law, but you're right. We should immediately from that come to Matthew 11. Like the, the yoke of grace is easy. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is a Jesus beautiful is like, spot to I be. took on the burden of the law. Yeah. And I yeah. accomplished everything that was necessary. Romans 8, you don't 2 have and 3. To. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so like, why, here's another question. Why in the world would you want to follow anybody else? Right. Every other system says you got to work and do this and do this and do this. And Jesus is like, I did it. Just come proclaim yeah, that I'm the I, Messiah and rest in me. I'm here to rescue the lost, find the scattered, yep. bind mm-hmm. up the broken, feed the hungry. Like those are all spiritual yeah, yeah, yeah. words, ideas. Right. So like, don't, don't adopt that into social justice. That's not what the text is saying, but like, if you're spiritually hungry, if you're spiritually broken, if you're spiritually weak, if you're like, Jesus is the the solution yep. to that. Can I make a point? I just no. want to make this point. <laughs> Jesus was not countercultural for the sake of being countercultural. Jesus right. is countercultural because the culture he was in was teaching a false gospel. Yes. Jesus will always be countercultural to a false gospel. Jesus is not, like I've heard people say like, 
social justice warriors. Well, like, you know, Jesus did this and this and this. He didn't do that for the sake of social justice. He did it for the sake of proclaiming himself to be the Messiah because the contrast of a culture that says you gain salvation through acting like this and avoiding these people because they're bad people, the adulterous, the tax collectors, um, the Gentiles, Jesus interacted with those people, not for the sake of being countercultural, but proclaiming himself to be the means of right. salvation, not through works of the law, but through faith. So the, the same is said about his miracles. He didn't heal the sick because that was his medical right. treatment plan. It was to show himself to be God. <laughs> it was his, uh, his, his HMO universal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just get, I get, honestly, I get sick and tired of Christians telling me, oh, I gotta be countercultural like Jesus. You're a freaking idiot. Stop. Yeah. Like, like that's not what Jesus was doing. Jesus was proclaiming the gospel. Well, and, and, and himself to be the Messiah. And the re- reality is, like, if we want to be, if we want to be nitpicky about it, which I kind of like to be, mm-hmm. um, if we dig down to the foundation of it, if we believe, because we do this with everything else. I'm saying the three of us do this with everything else. When somebody says, "I love my spouse," and they're being wicked to their spouse, I I always ask the question, "Well, what standard are you using?" Because it's not mm-hmm. God's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and so, so if we three agree that God should be the foundation for all truth, Mm -hmm. then the, the gospel is the culture, right? That is the eternal culture. And so, so instead of worrying about being counterculture, we should worry about being gospel minded. Yes. And then will culture fly in our face? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's the natural result of that. Will that be countercultural? Like it has through history where people get killed? Yeah, uh, and persecuted for following Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And will it continue like it is in the rest of the world in the U.S.? Maybe it might come here. I think it's already started. Oh yeah, for sure we'll come here. Yeah. Yep. 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 There was uh, something I was gonna say. I can't remember right now. Sorry, man. So no, it's okay. It's okay. I enjoyed. Uh, oh, it goes back. Uh, this doesn't branch off exactly what you guys were saying just now, but it was earlier um, in regards to the morality thing. In regards to earning stuff, there's, I, I remember hearing growing up, different people would say, well, of course I wouldn't do that. I'm a Christian. And <laughs> right. like, and it goes, and it goes back mm. to that standard. And so mm. I think that, I think that there was more often than not the pride issues on either end of the spectrum kind of you, like you had brought up, but also this, like this really naive understanding of Christianity that they've been mistaught because mm. of the culture we're in, because of, because of people only allowing Christianity to be a moral system. Um, that they probably are just like, that's the only way they know how sure. to interpret it. And so, um, and yeah, so be, yeah. being able to like, like thinking about some people who, um, maybe will have a different response. Like the guy you were talking about, who just like, once they hear what real faith is actually be like, this opens my eyes. We, we have a friend, Austin, who, uh, who grew up in, uh, in and around the church. And it wasn't until 2013 when he was, I forget how our age difference, but he was probably about 20. Um, in 2013 at passion conference where he was like, I legitimately heard the gospel this week. Yeah. And like, I heard the real gospel and his response is vastly different than this other guy's response. Once they were confronted with the truth of who Christ is and what it actually means to put faith in him, um, versus allowing Christianity to be a moral system Yeah, uh, versus allowing Christianity to just be a, a cultural moral misnomer or identifier. Um, and so there's, there is that switch there, um, that I, I long to have the discernment in those conversations mm-hmm. to see, okay, are you, are you combatant or are you mm-hmm. naive? Like, are you, are you learning in this moment? Mm-hmm. Like, are you pushing back against this because of 
because of culture or do you just not know because of sure. culture? And so but, but that, all, that all rewinds back to the very beginning of the conversation of in all situations being intentional with a goal being the gospel. Yeah, showing the that goal. Jesus yeah. is the only way. Mm -hmm. And that might look, that might take different paths, maybe more aggressive, more graceful, more of a discussion platform, more of getting in somebody's face about it. But yeah. but the goal in all of those situations is the gospel or in all those, all those uh, actions would be the gospel. And specifically 100%. to show people that Jesus is the only way. Yeah. Exactly. And, and let's be honest, if Jesus for you is reduced down to a set of moral code, um, <laughs> you don't really need Jesus for that. No. Like the, it, the next guy that comes along could be that standard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're not saying that Jesus is a standard. We are saying that Jesus is the way, mm -hmm. right? Like, and so. Simpler view of Jesus being the only way. He's, he's the only, the only way. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he's is, he is everything way. he says he is. And yeah. Yeah. And lean upon that. Don't, don't lean upon a cultural understanding of Jesus, but rather lean upon the true understanding of Jesus. Uh, turn to Jesus to see him for who he really is. Don't allow any previous biases or previous teachings that, um, that may fly in the face of that to therefore now be a filter of that, but rather destroy the previous understandings, destroy those things in light of the truth of who Christ is. Because there is what's hard. I, I want to say the truth is so much better, but I feel like we know that like <laughs> culture, well, maybe not in today's culture, but, but there is an essence of like, I want to know the truth. And mm -hmm. what's funny is when we know when some, sometimes when we learn the truth and it is in opposition to something we have always believed, we elevate what we always believed instead of the truth in that moment, but rather trust Christ for who he is and lean into that. And he is the only way. And that is the truth. Um, and allow that truth to therefore permeate not only your understanding of Christ, but also how you therefore re uh, interact with other believers, interact with the loss that, that Christ is the only way. And that is a firm truth that is not changing for yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dope. Do you have anything else to add to that? My friends? Yes, sir. Dope. Fun times. Speaking of fun times, we're at the Garden Audio as always. And it's a good time. It's a good it time is. here at the studio. We enjoy gathering around the table. We also enjoy Steven. Steven's a pretty cool, pretty, uh, pretty cool cat vanilla man. Debatable. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but go, go check out Steven. Uh, if you're always curious, man, what does Steven look like? Um, <laughs> we got go, some air fresheners for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We can get you some air fresheners. Go to at the Garden Audio. Uh, on Instagram and go, go, go see, go see the man behind the scenes. Go see what he looks like. Um, shoot him any, any type of question or any type of interaction you guys want to, um, want to. Yeah. And uh, leave a comment on his most recent picture and, and say, Hey, I enjoy simpler audio. It just tickles my ears. You know, I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy the way that, that those three pastors ear holes. come it's into my ear holes. I was about to say. <laughs> uh, while you're over there at social media, we are at Simpler Pod. Give us a follow. Give us, give us a like, all that fun stuff and interact with us on there. We love to see the Simpler community be involved. This isn't just us behind microphones, but it also includes you guys and how we are learning and growing together as people who are unified by the blood of Christ. As always, keep Christ as core. What could be simpler than that? We'll see y'all next week. Bye.